Welcome to the Mrs. Rev podcast, where we equip and empower you to fulfill God's call with joy and with purpose. Get out your Bible and open up the notes app on your phone as we jump into God's word with your host, Pastor Joey Miller. Hey, and welcome to the Mrs. Rev podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm so glad that each and every one of you have taken the time out for the word of God. Get your notebook and your pen ready. We're going to jump in in just a minute for today's episode. We are talking about faith. Faith over fear, not moving in fear, but but operating in faith, being women of faith. So we're going to jump into that in just a minute. But before we do, I want to remind you of some resources that are available for you. You can head over to joeymiller.co and you can check out some show notes. So if you enjoy the podcast and you want uh, to read some show notes, go a little bit deeper, you could check that out at joeymiller.co. While you're there, you can get all sorts of merch. You could get sweatshirts. I'm anointed to do hard things t-shirts, uh, L Ministries merchandise as well. Um, so check out joeymiller.co for all of that great stuff. Also, don't forget while you're listening to the podcast, if you love it, if you want to share it with someone, screenshot, let us know. Tag us at L Ministries at Joey Miller. And we love to see those. It encourages us to continue sharing God's word. Also, don't forget you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm going to be going live more often to bring encouragement uh, in the weeks to come. So check that out at Joey Miller and can't wait to see you there. But right now we're going to jump into the word of God together, talking about faith, operating in faith and not operating in fear. You know, it's a crazy time. I almost subtitled this podcast Corona edition because the world is in an uproar right now. And it's funny because you could just see not funny, um, funny in the sense of not haha funny, but interesting in the sense that you could see things start to trickle down and, and start to see uh, things get more real as they came closer to home. And, and that's how it is. You know, uh, we watch at a distance and, and, but the closer that things come to our home, to our family, it becomes more easy to operate in fear. So I just want to address that head on today because the enemy wants nothing more than for us to operate in fear to back off, to be uh, completely consumed every day, completely overwhelmed every day by by thoughts and uh, vain imaginations and, and just being consumed by fear. So I want to encourage you. I was praying this morning and saying, Lord, what is my role during this time when the world in and of itself is in such an uproar? And I felt like he said to continue to bring courage. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue to be a voice uh, that would bring courage to your life to continue to walk in everything that God has for you. So we're going to start by opening up to Matthew chapter 6, if you have your Bible. And I feel like if you're on Instagram or social media, you've heard a lot about not fearing, about not worrying. And so, but I wanted to go ahead and produce this podcast episode because we can't get enough of it. You know, if you watch the news, if you're scrolling through social media, it's just fear, 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 fear. And we're not, we're not negating, we're not ignoring what's going on around us by any stretch of the imagination, but we just want to breathe faith into you and continue to infuse you with that faith today. So if you have your Bibles out and your pen and paper, I want you to Go with me to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 25. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? 
Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Verse 31, therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things things will be added to you. Verse 34, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I want to talk to you about choosing to be women of faith over fear out of this passage we're really going to take off out of because Jesus commands us, he says, do not worry. He tells us not to do it. And when Jesus commands us to do something, that tells me that we have a decision. We have a choice in the matter. See, worry and fear will make you feel like you don't have a choice. It'll feel like you're taking hostage to it, that you're completely consumed by it. Uh, if you've ever had a panic attack, if you've ever been anxious, you know what I'm talking about. It makes you feel like you have no control over the matter. And I want to highlight this because the moment that you realize, wait a second, you know, I can choose not to worry. It's like a light bulb goes off and you feel empowered to know that you don't have to be consumed by worry and fear that even though the world around us is a crazy place that you can choose to anchor in to faith, that you can produce supernatural peace and joy in your life, even in the midst of the greatest storms. And so, you know, Jesus is telling us here, do not worry. And he goes on to say, who by worrying can add an e even add a day to their life? And that's such a good word for us today as you're listening to this podcast. You know, what does worry produce? It can't extend. It can't change things. It can only destroy that which we have today. It can destroy our peace today. It can destroy our joy today. It can keep us uh, in uh, caught in the, the web of, of uh, hopelessness and even lead to depression. And so, you know, we need to, to remember that we, we need to operate in faith. It takes just as much energy to operate in faith, to get out your Bible, to declare the word of God as it does to sit and fret, to let, to let thoughts uh, play over and over in your mind. Uh, it takes just as much energy to operate in faith, but you have to choose. You have to choose. You have to say, you know what? Yeah, I listened to the news and yeah, it was scary. And yeah, there's crazy stuff going on, but I'm going to get out my Bible and I'm going to choose faith and you meditate on that word and you decide I am not going to worry and and you can live in that place of freedom there is a space for you to live in that's beyond fear even in a fear a fear driven world even when there's craziness all about us there is a place that you can abide in peace and you know I think about Jesus when he when he was in the midst of the storm that actually they had to wake him up and say, wake up, wake up. There's a storm. He was sleeping in the midst of a storm. And, you know, it's not completely ignoring, like I said, what's going on, but it's finding that place in the Lord, that place in faith 
where you can rest knowing that that God is in control, that you can rest knowing that you are a child of God, that he is a covenant keeper. And Psalm 91 is true and real, that no no plague will come near your house. Not, not, nothing will come near your dwelling. Sickness and disease is not your portion, that you are covered by the refuge of the Lord. And so when you operate in that place, just like Jesus, you can speak and release peace to the world around you. See, if you're so consumed and riddled with fear and worry, you're not going to be a beacon of light. You're going to just hunker down and hold tight until uh, things change. But whenever you're like Jesus and you rest in him and you abide in, in the father, then you can you can actually release peace that's inside of you. And it changes the atmosphere around you. Jesus just spoke. He said, peace, be still. Peace be still to the storm around him. He released peace because he carried peace. And if you learn not to worry, if you learn to, we're going to get into Philippians 4 in a minute, but to guard your mind, then you're going to guard your peace. And, and whenever that time comes, you're going to be able to release peace to your children, in your home, to your friends, to your church, to your family. You're going to release peace to a, a fearful and worrisome world. So let's look at some uh, some issues that fear causes in our life. Fe- fear tells us lies. Fear is a liar. Satan is actually the father of lies, the Bible says. And so one of his greatest tactics is to use fear in the life of a believer. And we know how the story ends. We know how the Bible ends. We know that Satan is defeated at the end of the story, but he wants to try to get the the people of God to be crippled and paralyzed in fear so much so that they don't advance and take ground. So, you know, when I think of, of the enemy using fear and intimidation, I think of uh, David and Goliath. And I know I use David and Goliath a ton. It's one of my favorite Bible stories. But in 1 Samuel 17, it talks about how Goliath was actually taunting the people of God, that he was speaking lies over the children of God night and day, night and day, night and day, speaking that they, they you know, would never defeat them, that they were weak, that, that they couldn't do it. And so much so that it had the children of God, the armies of the Lord hiding in the hillsides, hiding in caves, taking refuge and and really retreating back out of fear and intimidation. And, you know, that's his plan. It's his plan over and over and over again throughout the Bible. See, the enemy is not creative. He's just crafty. So he'll continue to use the same uh, tricks over and over and over again against the people of God. And one of those greatest tricks is that fear and intimidation. And, you know, it cripples you and it overwhelms you as a child of God. What do I mean by that? Like we've talked about before, if you suffer from anxiety or panic attacks, it's crippling, it's debilitating. And, you know, if you look at it on a wide scale of what, what's going on on the earth right now, the, the enemy wants the children of God to be crippling back in fear and intimidation. We believe sickness and disease comes from the devil. You know, God came to give you life and life abundantly. Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. So anything that is good comes from God. Anything that is bad comes from the devil. And yet, you know, God. God is so good that even when the enemy tries to bring something against you, God can turn it around and use it for your good. But we see here that that, you know, he was trying to to use fear and intimidation tactics on the people of God and it crippled them. It overwhelmed them. It, it made them retreat back. And, you know, if you're not careful, 
The enemy will use fear and intimidation to get you to retreat and back off of the plan of God for your life. The enemy doesn't want you advancing. The enemy doesn't want 2020 to be your banner year, your best year yet. He's you know already speaking lies that oh this is you know a great year. I've seen memes. Oh, what a great year 2020 is. You know my best year. Mocking. And you know what? That is a lie because I don't care what weapon the enemy tries to form against you. He can't prosper. That that God will take it and actually turn it for your good. So you. You don't lose hope right now. You say, you know what? I'm going to continue to advance in everything that God has for me. I am not going to let fear cripple me. I'm not going to let let fear keep me uh, hunkered down. I'm going to continue to be a voice of hope, a voice of light during this time. You know, and it, it affects those around you. It affects your home. You you change the atmosphere of your home and your house. You say, you know what? Yes, the world's crazy. Yes, we have to uh, watch that that we're not around people and and the government's saying making all these uh recommendations and, and to be quarantined to our houses and all these things but you can still control the atmosphere in your house think about this if you're so riddled with fear and intimidation your, your kids are going to feel that your husband's going to feel that it's going to be a high stress filled atmosphere because the enemy also loves isolation so if you're isolated in your home in fear then it's going to be debilitating you're going to be uh, full of dread you know dread always comes with fear and intimidation because dread comes from a lack of hope and so you know you're going to be in that place and your kids are going to feel that and all of a sudden it's going to be tense and and so you know when you operate in a place of faith you declare the word of God over your home you say you know what I might not be able to control the outside circumstances but as for in the four walls of these home this home I'm going to declare faith I'm going to declare peace this is going to be a place of joy that laughter is still going to fill these walls that I'm not going to have my kids hiding under their covers worrying about getting a disease no we're going to we're going to enjoy family time we're going to focus on what God's word says we're going to get into the word together and your kids are watching you they're watching if you're going to move in fear or if you're going to move in faith and they take your cues off of that so let this be a demonstration of the faith of God rising up in you changing the atmosphere of your home saying my home is going to be a place of peace and joy that I'm actually not that I'm thankful for a disease, but I'm thankful for family time, that I'm going to actually take this time and I'm going to devote it to my kids. And and so when you do that, you're flipping this script, script on the enemy that he would want to speak uh, defeat. He would want to speak hopelessness. He would want to speak uh, fear. But, but you're rising up in faith and saying, I'm going to release peace to my home. I'm going to release peace to my atmosphere and to those around me. And as you do, you know, what the enemy meant to harm you and keep you on lockdown to keep you overwhelmed and hopeless now even in the midst of being stuck in your home you can release peace in the situation so you know lean into the lord lead into the word and guard your mind whatever you do guard your mind against thoughts of fear second corinthians 10 5 says casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god see when the enemy tries to come in and cripple and overwhelm you in fear, he starts with a thought. He thoughts with starts with a. The Bible actually talks about one version says, uh, not just casting down imaginations, but casting down vain imaginations, Ca- casting down, you know, things people have said all the time. Fear a lot of times is false evidence appearing real. That a lot of times we're afraid of what we're not certain of. We're afraid because we don't know what tomorrow looks like. 
Well, what did Matthew 6 say? It says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. The Bible says every day there is fresh grace and mercy for you to walk in. His mercies are new every morning. So you wake up and and you take your thoughts captive every day. It is a fight. I mean, come on, ladies. It's a fight under normal circumstances, but especially right now it's because you have a lot of time on your hands. You know, the news can be playing over and over again. Uh, Facebook, social media reports over and over again of, of, of fear, intimidation, and you have to guard your mind. You have to be careful what thoughts you let come in because it's a breeding ground for fear. That's where those voices are given life. See, the, the people of God actually started to believe Goliath's taunts. They started to actually believe what he was speaking over them. That it started out as just a thought or something that they heard. And then all of a sudden, after relentless uh, badgering of, of, of the people of God, they started to actually take in and believe what he was saying. And it was at that point that they lost their position of victory. So, you know, you need to really guard your mind during this time. You need to cast down vain imaginations. Don't try to... Don't try to see ahead, you know, of, of next week. Don't try to see ahead of next month. Don't try to financially forecast what's going to happen in the next year. No, you abide in the grace for today. Don't try to figure it all out because the enemy will monopolize on that. He'll make you take you to worst case scenarios. He'll take you to, uh, you know, things that will, will not be healthy for you to meditate on. So that's my one of my challenges for you in this episode is to make sure that you're taking your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. That means this. If it's not in God's word, it's not worthy of you to meditate on. It's not worthy of your consumption. It's not worthy of you to take in and believe and and really uh, consume that thing. No, it'll steal your peace. Your position is to guard your mind. If it's not in God's word, it's not true for you because you're a covenant child of God. So the point number one was fear cripples and overwhelms you. Point number two is fear makes you forget who you are. And, you know, fear really strips you of your identity of victory. What does Romans 8 say? It says, what can separate you from the love of God? What can separate you from God's love? And it goes through a, a list of things. And, and it says, you tell me any of these things that can separate you from God's love. It says, um, in verse 31 of, of Romans 8, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his only son, but gave him up for us, uh, how will he also uh, not graciously give us all things? And it goes on to say, who, who shall bring charges against God's people? In verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. And it says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Now, you know, God's love for us, the greatest demonstration of that is him sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us and giving us access to the covenant that we have with God. That means that we're just not like anyone else, that famine can't take us out, that just because it seems like there's tribulation doesn't mean God's love is absent from you. That That's the time to lean in and say, I am a child of God. I am a covenant I'm a covenant child of God. And when you realize that, the enemy can't strip you of your identity. 
You know, going back to the the story of David and Goliath in First Samuel seventeen. You know, that's what that's what the tactic of the enemy was to strip the people of God of their identity of walking in who they were, and and to make them think that they were somebody else, to make them think that they were weak. But when David got on the scene, he he had just been in the field. See, he had been away from from Goliath's uh, intimidation tactics. He just showed up on the scene all fresh and full of faith. And when he went down uh, on that field, he knew who he was. He said, who do you think you are? You uncircumcised Philistine to come against the people of God. And, you know, that's that's the spirit in which we should operate in as children of God. Who do you think that you are? Just like Romans 8 says, to think that you can speak something other than the covenant that we have through Jesus Christ. I don't care if you call yourself tribulation or a famine or a persecution or whatever it is, you can't separate us from the victory that we have in Christ. The Bible says that we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. That means every time that you choose faith over fear, you're demonstrating that you are a child of God, that you're walking in your covenant. You're walking in your covenant, ladies. So don't let the enemy make you feel like you're less than, to make you feel like you're defeated, that you're overwhelmed. No, if Christ before you, the Bible says, who or what can be against you? I like to say, if Christ is for you, then what in hell or who in hell can be against you? Nothing. Nothing, the Bible says, can separate you from the love of God. And that love equals victory for you today. So you remember that you are loved. You remember that you are a child of God. When that thing tries to torment you, and I'm not just even talking about in the middle of this virus, this epidemic, this pandemic that we have going on in America right now, you know, fear of sickness and disease, fear of financial calamity. You know what you need to start saying when the enemy tries to say that? Not me. I'm a child of God. That might happen around me. What does Psalm 91 say? And my, a thousand might fall at my right side, 10,000 at my left, but it will not come near me. That's not me. That's not my portion, enemy. When he tries to speak, that's going to happen to you. You know, that's, it, it's inevitable. Nope, not me. Not me. You can't separate me from my covenant through Jesus Christ. It's not my portion. And that's the position that you have to take. Not only now, but let me, let me challenge you this. What did David say? When he came on the field in 1 Samuel 17, if you're familiar with the story, he looked at, at, at the situation with Goliath and he said, I have fought the lion and I have fought the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be, won't be uh, any different from them. What he's saying is, I've seen my faith in operation. I've seen supernatural uh, strength. I've seen all of these things in operation in my life. And, and this is going to be just the same. So start to move out in your faith over the little things. Don't just wait for a calamity or a national disaster to, to use your faith. That's what I was telling the ladies in our ministry. Every time you have gotten up in the middle of the night, and you have prayed over a child with a fever, and you've anointed them with oil, you've chosen faith over fear. You remembering who you are and the covenant that you have as a child of God. Every time you sow into the offering, even if, you, if it looks like you shouldn't and your, your bank account looks like, you know, why am I giving away money right now? You are operating in faith over fear. You're growing your faith muscle. That's what David was saying. He's like, I've, I've seen my faith muscle. I've grown my faith muscle. And, and this, this won't be any different. And so continue to choose faith over fear every day, over every situation that seems to speak against what your covenant is with Jesus Christ. Point number three is this. 
Faith makes you, or I'm sorry, fear makes you unstable. Faith makes you stable. So fear makes you unstable. James 1, 7 and 8, it talks about the double-minded man who is unstable in all of his ways and should expect to receive nothing from the Lord. If that doesn't show you the fight between faith and fear, I don't know what is. See, they can't coincide together. The enemy would like you to believe, oh, you can have, you, you know, faith, even though you're afraid, even just a little bit of fear. Go ahead, you know, believe this fear. You should be afraid, a healthy fear. You should have a healthy fear. No, faith and fear cannot coincide together. Fear contaminates faith. The Bible talks about if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be uprooted and thrown into the sea. The size of a mustard seed, little tiny, untainted faith can move mountains. That shows us here that fear contaminates faith. James says, look, if you are, if you're thinking one second that you're afraid and the next second you're like, well, maybe I'll have faith. No, it doesn't work that way. It says you're going to be unstable. You're going to be all over the place. Come on, ladies. Do you feel that way ever? Like one second you're okay. The next second you're like, I don't know. Are we all going to die? I don't know. And you're, you're tossed back and forth and you can't take any steps of faith. You know, the enemy likes to do this with the word of God. Plant seeds of doubt within the word of God because you obtain God's promises by faith. So if he can get you to doubt God's word. Going back to the point number two, if he can get you to doubt who you are, that you're eligible for God's word. See, some of you don't have a problem believing God's word is true. But when it says things uh, like these promises are for the righteous, for the people of God, the enemy will come in and say, well, that's not you. That's not you. Did you hear how you talked to your husband yesterday? Did you did you remember the thought you thought yesterday? No, you, you need to be reminded today through the blood of Jesus Christ that you are forgiven. You are righteous in him. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and your, you know, your heart is to obey him. Your heart is to serve him. Be reminded that, that you are a, the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And so those promises are for you. Don't be double minded. Know that your God is who he says he is. He is faithful. He is not a man that he should lie. So you're not going to be double-minded. And, and then what does it say in 1 Timothy? It says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Especially in these past weeks, uh, that scripture has just so resonated with me because there's craziness all around us. Fear makes you crazy. Fear makes you hysterica. Hysterical. <laughs> We're moving in hysteria, but but fear robs you of a, that soundness of mind. It if you if you've ever been around somebody who's fearful, they're not even thinking right. They take the littlest thing and it's completely blown up in their mind. Faith gives you that that place that you have a sound mind, that you're thinking rationally in the sense of of, you know, you're not being overwhelmed and consumed by things. But you're like, you know what? I'm going to be steadfast. I'm going to be a person who doesn't operate in fear. I'm going to be steadfast for my family. I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to let hysteria take me over. I'm going to be a person who operates in faith. And as we're wrapping up today, uh, let's turn uh, in Philippians 4 together. I want to read and remind you of what the Word of God says. You know, these are some great scriptures to go back and meditate on, to take those thoughts captive, to really say, you know what, I'm not going to think about the thoughts of fear. I'm not going to let them overwhelm me, but I'm going to get out the Word of God, and I'm going to uh, speak what God's Word says over my life. So I want I want to read with you uh 
Philippians 4 as we're wrapping up today. It says, Rejoice in the Lord, Philippians 4, 4. Always, I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Verse 6 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So did you hear that? It says not to be anxious, but to pray. Give it to the Lord. And when you give it to him and you thank him that it's already done. See, that's what Thanksgiving does. It like seals the deal. You're like, okay, I'm so sure that you're going to do this, that I can thank you in advance. It says at that point. The peace of God will transcend all understanding. So at, at that point, there's a peace of God that you can operate in that, that goes above and beyond what is natural to the circumstances around you. That's why, you know, people can be uh, in hysteria and you can be operating in peace. It says it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. There will be like a guard about you that you would have to really try to get out of that peace. And then it says in verse 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen from me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So a lot of times we we look at Philippians 4 and, and uh, we think about, yes, I'm going to, praying and I'm going to uh, give God thanks and then I'm going to have peace. But it says the key here is in verse eight. It says continue to meditate on what is noble, what is right, what is pure and what is lovely, lovely and admirable. Anything that is praiseworthy, think about those things. Guard your mind. Guard your mind. If you don't guard your mind, you will be unstable in all of your ways. If you don't guard your mind, you will be hysterical like the rest of the world. I'm telling you, there is a supernatural place of peace that you can abide in in your relationship with Jesus Christ, that it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You are completely unmoved. You are women of faith. You are not women of fear. You are women who are going to rise up and, and extend and release peace from from that which you carry, that you're going to change atmospheres around you, that, re- that you're going to remember that you are a child of God and that not only are you going to walk in the covenant, but you're going to start to to see the miracles of God operate in the world around you. So that's my encouragement to you today. My encouragement is not to cave to fear and intimidation, not to take the bait and believe the lies of Satan, not to be overwhelmed, but but to remember that you have the mind of Christ, that you walk in perfect peace, that you're that you're going to uh, continue to move forward in everything that God has for you, that you're going to remember who you are in Christ and you're going to be stable and steadfast in everything that he has for you. He is he is a safe place to anchor into your whole your soul. Hebrews 6, 9 says, it talks about hope being an anchor for your soul. And it says it's strong and trustworthy. So as you close today, anchor into hope, anchor into who Jesus is, anchor into the great covenant that we have with him and your soul will be at a place of rest and peace. Well, God bless you today. I'm praying for each and every one of you. You are going to get through this. You're not going to be consumed or overtaken, but you're going to get through this and you're going to see God's glory on display like never before. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Mrs. Rev Podcast. Thanks again for joining us for the Mrs. Rev Podcast. If you could help us out, 
do us a favor and subscribe, but also leave a rating and a review. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. So after you subscribe, request to join our closed Facebook group and feel free to leave any of your questions there. Have an amazing week and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Mrs. Rev podcast.